Hello and welcome back to the Go Perform podcast. Today I'm joined by professional footballer Darnell Fisher. How are you doing, Darnell? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having me. And I thought it'd be really good to do a chat about living with pressure. So obviously, um, everyone lives with pressure, like in whatever walk of life you have. Um, there's certain misconceptions sometimes around football and how hard it can be. Um, you're 29 years old, you've played over 200 games in Scotland and in England, you've travelled and been at different clubs over the years. I wanted to kind of pick your brains on how that is, like what's the reality? And I'm aware that you mentor young people as well and you kind of help guys dealing with their own pressures. So I want to hear from you today, Donald, if that's okay. That's fine. That's Amazing. Fine. So to start with, uh, I want to know, what was your journey into professional football? It's a bit of a weird one, to be fair. I played amateur park football until I was 16. And then I just played in a match, a friendly match against one of the best teams in Scotland. And obviously I was with Eldon Celtic and they're the best team around in Berkshire at the time. So we played in a friendly and during a game, the Scottish coach was saying to me, oh, I want to take you back up to Scotland with me. So me being from where I'm from, Whitley, it's just like, yeah, all right, mate, whatever, you know? And then after the game, he actually came over to me and said, no, I want, I want to bring you back up to Scotland with me. So that was Sunday. And then obviously Thursday, we managed to get a flight because my uncle worked for British Airways. So I flew up there on my own on the on the Thursday. Very daunting, very uncomfortable. But I just thought, what's there to lose? And how yeah. old were you at the time? 16. Wow. 16. Just literally left school. Literally finished the exams and just left school. So it was when everyone leaves school, you have the, can't, not go crazy, but you're, you're free in a sense for a while. But I didn't have that. I went straight up to Scotland on Thursday. Flew the Thursday, played in the tournament. On Saturday and Sunday, we won it. I got the best player. I know it sounds like the perfect story, but it actually, like, I did get the best player in the in the, in the the tournament. And then um, I trained with Celtic on Sunday. And then it kind of went from there. And they said, oh, we want you to come back. So the next week, they had another tournament, because it was the summer. So the season's finished for amateur. And they just have tournaments. So we played another tournament. We didn't win that. We got beat in the final. But again, I was able to train with Celtic again. I did train with Rangers once, but Celtic felt more like a family and they wanted me more. Mm. And I don't know whether the team that I was with pushed me more into Celtic because it's like a, it's a Jimmy Johnson Academy. Mm. Not many people will know who that is. He is like a, he was a legend at Reading, Steve Sidwell. It's like him setting up an academy Mm. in Reading for players that are not quite at the level, but are trying to get to the level. So he set up an academy like that. So I played for them. And obviously it's big Celtic, so they kind of pushed me into Celtic and Celtic wanted me more. So then I would train with them and then I went up there and done a, you could say a six-week trial and I was up there for a while. And then after that they said, yeah, we want to sign you. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's mad because when I went and played for Jimmy Johnson Academy, the guy who runs it, Jim Simonetti, he said, listen, no matter who, just play the game because you never know who's watching mm. at the side of the pitch. And that's like, he said that to me after, like when I was playing for him. But that's that's how it happened. So I went and played a friendly on a Sunday morning in Windsor mm. for Elden Celtic. And the next thing I'm flying up to Scotland. It's crazy. That's what I say to kids nowadays. Play play like you got, you know, play like it means something mm. because you never know who's watching. You never know who's watching. That's incredible. So you end up in Glasgow as a 16-year-old lad uh, in Diggs. Digs. And what was that like? What was the grind of Tough. the day-to-day? Tough. And again, coming from amateur and just left school, I wasn't used to training at that level. So I would obviously get up, train, go to training, and then obviously train, gym, you know, lunch, then gym, mm. 
go back to digs and sleep. I'm not a guy that does that. I can't, like I don't sleep in a day, but I would be knackered, you know. Mm. And I'd go and sleep, wake up, dinner and from the digs, and then basically go back to sleep again and do that and do that. And it takes a while to adjust to it. And then you have all the maybe the doubts because I came from amateur and I wasn't in the academy system all along on trial here and there, but. I wasn't in the academy system all along. So you have doubts like, am I good enough? Or yeah. like, these guys are like, they've been at Celtic since they was like f- seven, eight. You know, am I good enough? And it's, it's trying to com- stay stay with them, their level, you know, trying mm. to get to their level and then stay there and then wanting to belong, you know? Amazing. And was it lonely at the time? Very. Yeah. Again, it's, it was because I was 16. I've just left school. Everyone's... I think it was Blackberry Messenger at the time. So every, everyone's, you know, everyone, you can see what everyone's doing, yeah. going to this party or whatever, and you're just in digs. You're in digs. So what happened after that? So scholarship went well, I presume? Yeah, so it's a bit different up there. Not scholarship, but yeah, okay. it's the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was there for a season. It was kind of a, the first season was kind of trial and it was really hard because I kept getting little, like, I'd roll my ankle. And because my body wasn't used to the full-time football, I'd get little groin strains and, you know, so it was tough and, you're injured and you're away from home at 16 in Scotland in digs, you know? So it's, it's like a compound of things, but mm. it was tough, but it kind of helped me in a way. And I wanted to go home at some stages because I just thought, what am I doing? Like, I'm injured. I'm not playing. Mm. I'm not going to be good enough, you know? So you go through all them scenarios and you go back to digs and you're just lonely, mm. you know? But then at the end of the season, we was in the, like, a, it's called the Glasgow Cup final under 17s. We won it, played against Rangers at Celtic Park played centre midfield, we won it, and it was like a, a relief, you know? Mm. It was a relief. But again, it, it's, it was tough in, in the season, but then at the end, you get the reward from yeah. it, you know, yeah. for, for surviving and going through it. And then it was like, then you get a two-year two year from there, so then you go into under-19s there, mm. and you're there for two years. And from there, wow. And I guess when you're in the training ground, you can't show that, that feeling of loneliness or that weakness. Do you have to kind of... Does it get tiring have to, having to perform and having to present yourself in a certain way 100% but then that's where I think you might get as, as a young black boy going to Scotland where the culture was a bit different then it's, it's changed now of course mm. but you, you you wouldn't be happy you know and they would maybe see that as an attitude problem or a chip on your shoulder you know and you would get wow. you would get you would get labelled with that really early but it's not I'm just f- so frustrated and I'm living away from home yeah. you know so all of that stuff it's just like a one big frustration and inside you and it it comes out but it, it's not that. It's just you're frustrated, you know, and, and you're struggling a bit. Yeah. And did you have older players or people in your group that were supporting you and looking out for you and stuff? Not really. No, because it, it's like you know what football's like. You know, it's it's like dog eat dog. You mm. go in there, you, you 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 get on with it, you have a laugh, and then you go home. You yeah. train, you perform, and you go home. It's not really like are you alright? No one really says are you like how are you doing? Yeah. You're alright. Yeah. You know, it's all token. You're like mate. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? That's it. But no one actually sits down and says are you alright? That's my next question. What's it like being a professional footballer? So now you've done this for, I think it's 11 years? At least 11. So 2011, no, 12, 13. Yeah, a long time now. Yeah. Year on year, having to prove yourself in every single training session, every single selection, yeah. um, every out of contract period, every yeah. time you get injured, like, how is that? It's stages. Okay. Cause, because I came through, uh, I made my debut at 19. So again, you're the the new thing you know so you're just doing everything you know the pressure's on you but it's not really on you because you're just new you're young you're gonna do you're gonna blow hot and cold if you, if you like but obviously I played a few games for Celtic went on loan and then you gotta prove yourself so I go on loan to St Johnson mm. team in Scotland and I'm the boy from Celtic 
So the first day, it's like you know it as a you, you're driving there thinking they're gonna be watching me. You know everything I do, the way I walk in the changing, the way I I stretch. Every you, you do that because I I did that when I was with the first team at Celtic. Yeah, I'd watch the players Samaras Greek international. I'd watch them and think, oh, like how's he stretch? Scott Brown. Mm. Oh, he talks like that. He, he he carries. You know you watch you watch for everyone watches things. Mm. You watch what happens. But yeah, I knew everyone's going to be watching me. Pressure. So that's the pressure. And then your debut for the loan club, you've got to perform because mm. you're the boy from Celtic. And then it's just like year on year, no matter where you go. So after St. Johnson, went back to Celtic in the pre-season, Brendan Rodgers, and then I left. I went to Rotherham. Again, I'm going into the championship. So being, I always wanted to play in the championship when I looked at, when I was a kid in digs and so we used to watch championship games on Friday, you know, Saturday morning and you're mm. thinking, oh, like, imagine playing in that, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, it's, mm. it's intense. So when I went to the champ, it's like, I'm here, like, you know? And then my first game was Villa away. I come off the bench and I'm thinking, like, Jesus. Yeah. Villa away and then Brighton, Brighton away. You know, it's like... And did you relish that that pressure in terms of the match play stuff? Yeah, so, it's, again, it's... it's, it's being uncomfortable you you do I believe in my opinion you do very good things when you're uncomfortable you know mm-hmm. so again for any player going into a game your day you're thinking oh like this is this is a bit heavy that but then once you're in it you get the first pass you get the first touch you think oh like oh. yeah like and, that, and that's what it is so going from it's being 16 being amateur not being in the academy to then six years later I'm playing champ you know against like Villa away mm. Brighton away mm. and they're the two top clubs in that And but then you just roll roll with it mm. and then it goes into another stage where you play season after season and then you get to a certain age where you're like a mainstay and you're a first team player and you've got to prove yourself every season so you go away um, in the summer and you have to come back and hit the ground running because someone's always going to want to replace you mm. you know someone in training someone's I don't like people like getting a better uh better over me in training you like you know a winger I, I want to stamp my authority on mm. him you know so if he goes past me I don't like it so I want to be on top of him mm. so that's every day you got to do that season in season out season in season out it's tough it's very tough what are some of the other characteristics you think you need as a professional footballer you've got to be mentally strong mm-hmm. mentally strong and you've got to be willing to sacrifice I was going to say so you you then went on to Preston yeah went on to Preston um, so th- there's that willingness to move when you need to move, yeah, is, is that fair? Yeah, and that's yeah. We'll go on to that, but yeah, mm. when I uh, Rotherham we got relegated, mm. I played almost every game I was fit. I played, and then um, I went to Preston, which is again football's funny because at Rotherham, when we was in League One, they brought in a new right back, so I was going to be the number two right back, so I wasn't even going to play at Rotherham. Mm. And then Preston, I got the phone call to go to, back to the Championship and be the number one right back. So that's football, you yeah. know. So I could have stayed there and maybe not done as well as I did. But that's just football. So I went to Preston, played, played every almost every game I was fit again that mm-hmm. season, and then um, we finished seventh in the in the league that year. And was the Preston manager Alex Neil at the time? Alex Neil. And did he know you from Scotland? So again, it everything kind of yeah. in, inter, intertwines. So we played Norwich at at Car Road. We got beat four one. I played left back against one of the one of both the Murphys. One of them started it, and then the other one came on. Yeah. And I done I done well in that game. So I, I, they didn't get past me, basically. So after that game, my agent said, oh, like, Alex Neil's been on the phone. Like, he, he might want to take you to Norwich. And I was like, oh, you know, Rotherham to Norwich? Yeah, mm-hmm. never. So then when he got the Preston gig, 
and he cite me, he said that. He said, no, after that game, I like the look of you. Mm. And it goes back to that thing that, sorry, that guy said, just play. You never know who's yeah. watching you. You know, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's all like that. So yeah, I go to Preston, we finish seventh. And I was there. I loved my time there. We yeah. had some good good men there, you know? Like some of the things you say about time at Reading, mm. you had good men there, you know? And, you, and it's going to work and being happy. Mm. You know, you, listen, you have some dull days or whatever. But majority of the time, it was it was, it was was great at Preston. I mm. loved it at Preston. I didn't want to leave. So there's something about holding it lightly and not taking it too seriously as well. Because yeah. so, I think I've seen players choke or get way too, think, completely overthink stuff and I'll be kind of thinking this is championship football this is not champions league football yeah, yeah. it's all it's all relative isn't it but yeah it sounds like you were able to take your opportunities when they came yeah and um and that's probably quite an attractive thing for a manager to see in a player as well that they're not super stressed out the whole time yeah well I think you you kind of have to everyone has stresses in life mm. no matter what what life you're in but I think you just got to roll with it in a sense because again you're going into your day at Preston so I've come from mm. Rotherham just to paint this for you I've come from Rotherham we got relegated the worst team in champ history I think at the time I don't know if it's changed and we played Preston in that season at Rotherham yeah and Aidan McGeady like he he went past me at every opportunity you know <laughs> I think every goal came down my side yeah so then I'm going into a Preston dressing room when they're looking and saying oh we just signed this guy we played against him last season yeah he wasn't no good then the Rotherham fans are on social media saying oh yeah he's not he's not good you know wow. so yeah. I'm up against it even before I've put my boots on you know, yeah. And then we go and play Sheffield Wednesday on my debut, and we win, and I start. And then in that first month of the season, I'm voted the player of the league. You know, you have nominations. Mm-hmm. I didn't win it. I think Mendes Lang won it, mm-hmm. but I was voted. And to go from Rotherham, the worst team in champ history, in a sense, to go to Preston in my first month, being nominated within the mm-hmm. best players in the league at I think whatever in the month. Player of the month. So it shows how quickly things change, doesn't it? Football changes very quickly. Um, Talking about pressure and stresses, what have you learned in in the recent years that's really helped you deal with that pressure or or stress? Is there Uh, any any coping strategies or things that you do? What I like, I like to do different things. So uh, everyone has a hobby. I I I think boys play golf and stuff. I I play snooker. Mm. And it's a way like, I like it because it's just like, you have a lot of etiquette because it's a work. Like, you know, the old men go and play there and it's just, your phone's down, phone's away, and you're just playing. And it's just you and the... And you can't... In a team game, you can't... You blame... Oh, he, should, he should have passed me. Ah, oh, I would have... You know? But in snooker, it's just you. Mm. And I like to train myself as into... You know, it's... It's a soccer game that I, I enjoy. And that's just me. Mm. I can't... You know, I can't rely on him to cross it into me or whatever. It's just me. So if I hit a bad shot, it's me. And learning to... Because it's a gentleman's game, you know, if you are, if you like... And you have to control yourself, you know, and not be like swearing or mm. shouting, you know, it's just you. Amazing. Um, and am I right? So we're, we're in Go Perform right now um, and you've just been having another meeting with somebody else. Um, can you tell me more about that and how that's helped as well? Yeah, it's a, a psychologist, mm. uh, Amy Aziki. She, she's really good. I was always of the the guy like, nah, I don't need to speak to people. You know, mm. I'm, I'll get I'll get through it. But then when I, when I actually met her and spoke to her, she just gives you a different way of thinking, you know, and it helps you. And she gives you little pointers to, in your everyday life, to you to, to get, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you're in a pressure environment and it's just like the little thing she says is there and you're like, okay, you know? Nice. Okay. And how often does that happen? That meeting? Or uh, how often do you speak to her? 
maybe I think every like it was quite regular every second week I think or every week when I was up in Middlesbrough because she's based in Newcastle mm. but obviously now it's on Zoom and mm. quite I think I'm doing it next week actually mm. but yeah it's um little pointers so a lot of a thing when um I was coming back fit I was I was I put a lot of pressure and stress on myself because I wanted to get fit and show that I can play you know yeah. it's the ego yeah. thing that I can still do it and I kept breaking down and that was annoying me. And then I was out of contract in the summer. So all of that, all of that stress on top of me and all that pressure. And she'd be just like, the bigger picture. Mm. Don't worry about it. The bigger picture. And the bigger picture is me being healthy and fit. Mm. That's the bigger picture. That's, that's it. Just be healthy and fit. For being out for so long, just be healthy and fit. Everything will come back to you, you know? And I'm feeling fit and I'm feeling yeah. strong. Touch wood, but that's how I'm feeling, you know? So little pointers like that, it helps. And I guess being self-aware... When you need the help to get the help, one hundred. And then, um, but it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Like I think we had this conversation the other day. It's hard to kind of you have to see it, but then willing to go and do it. Yeah. You know, it, you have to be. You see it, but then sometimes oh, you're a bit hesitant. But you just kind of have to do it. Mm. Have to do it. Be uncomfortable going to do it. And what's it like being injured? What's it like having an injury where you're not sure whether you're ever going to return to that level again? It's horrible. It is horrible. And I think the PFA need to do more and help long-term injuries because I'm quite strong mentally because I've had to be I've left home at mm. 16 but other than that like there's there's boys that are 17, 18 that's just that's just finding their way in the game and mm. they've got long-term injuries mm. and they're in the gym every day and doing that and they've, they've got no no help there needs to be some help but um, it's horrible because again you don't know what happens behind closed doors you know mm. everyone's happy in footwear everyone's having a bit of banter or whatever mm. but then you go home you don't know you shut the door no mm. one knows what's happening you know but it is horrible going in day in, day out, doing the same rehab, the same rehab. I, I kind of describe it like this. It's like climbing up a mountain. You get to the uh, the top of the mountain, you get the green light from the physio to go and um, you're back training, you're like, oh, buzzing. You do a few days and then you get a little niggle. You're back at the bottom of the mountain, you've mm. got to do it all again. Mm. And it's harder when you've got to do it again because you know the struggle it was the first time. Yeah. You know? So all the rehab, all the bike sessions, all the running sessions, is. You know, you know what it's like. Mm. So that's what is is hard when you know you got to do it all again. And do you have to be careful not to isolate yourself too much? Because obviously you're up in Middlesbrough, away from home. Um, is there a tendency to... Or do you have to be careful not to kind of, yeah, withdraw from... That's, that's perfect because um, I'm a person that's like that. Because I'm family-wise, like, you, I don't want people to worry about me. Mm -hmm. So how are you doing? You're right. Yeah, I'm good. I'm all good. You, no matter how old like, I could be, like... If you, Head's gone or, you know, not, not enjoying rehab. And I'll just say, yeah, I'm right. How, you know, how are you? Are you right? I was, mm. How's the kids? Whatever. But then on the other side with the team, I would, you would isolate yourself because you're not part of it. Mm. You know, you're not in the, in the game. Mm. You can, you go and watch the games, you, you go in the dressing room after, but you're not, you're not in it and you feel away. So I would stop going to watch the games when I was injured for mm. the bulk of it because I just, it was just tough. Yeah, it was hard to go and watch the games because you want to be out there, you want to be taking part, and then you think, oh, could I still play that? You know, you all it's 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 a lot. It is a lot. And I think sometimes the fans might just assume that a player's having the day off. Or do you know what I mean? Yeah. The reality is, it's everyone does. It's it's like a question that I get a lot mm. <laughs> is, um, oh, you injured again? That question that people ask footballers absolutely it's don't the do because it, it's yeah. it's terrible. And then it's like, yeah, I'm injured. Do you still get paid? Yeah, I still get paid. Oh, well, that's all right then. No, it's not all right. <laughs> it's not all right because again, most athlete, elite athletes, you want to get, you want to work 
for what you for your money you know you want to work like there's you don't just I don't I've not spoke to many people that not actually know footballers that just are happy just to take their wage mm. I've not I've not done it but mm. the perception is you you are you're not you want to work you want to play you yeah. know you want to play you want to be part of it you want to earn your you know yeah definitely yeah. and that's really good um with that in mind so that's kind of some of the things that people say what about um coaches and staff and fellow players are there things that you think they could do better um, so you gave me an example yesterday of a really someone in the medical team that was really helpful with you when you're injured. How could a coach, a first team coach, for example, be better with the injured players that are long term injured that are in the gym? Just take time. Just mm-hmm. take time with them. Come and come and speak to them, or you know, even sit down at lunch, have a coffee with them. Mm. Just ask how they're doing. You know, well, again, take them off site. I've done that. I've gone off site with the doctor, Brian English. Mm. We've gone off site. We've gone off site a lot of times. Play racquetball, go on the beach, run up the beach. It's not it's not easy, but mm. but we've done it. Cycle on the road, stop and get a coffee. Mm. We have a chat, you know, we and we get on a, a very good level, you know? Mm. He's helped me a lot. But again, first team football in the championship is relentless. So they're worrying about the game on Saturday, yeah. worrying about the game on Tuesday, you know? So I, I do understand that because again, I, I'm of an age there where I've been it, in them environments where I, you are playing Saturday, Tuesday, mm. and I've been around players that's had a cruciate and he keeps getting little niggles. Mm. And I wish I, I did more for him. Yeah. Because I'd always sit and talk to him, but I wish I did more for him because I've been through it, mm. you know? But players really don't realise what you're going through, you know? It's like, oh, how's the injury? Are you in the gym again? Or, or you're just sitting in the dressing room when they come in from training. Oh, another day off and you're like yeah you yeah, know it's dead isn't it yeah it's stuff like that but they're not they don't mean it no, they're no, just yeah. you know having a bit uh, a bit of banter with you but yeah. it's tough but I think coaches staff they just need to take time and just just talk talk to players that are long term injuries you know mm. sit down and have 10 minutes with them that that goes a long way mm. very good um, would you do it all again if you're 16 now and it was all going to start all over again because that's, that's a tough few years isn't it it is tough when you look at it like that listen I'm proud of like the games that I play because I mm. never thought I would do mm. it you know I never thought I'd play in the champ but to do it at 16 16 so young it's like you just left school to go to a different country without your family or, or your support it's so tough that that question is hard mm. but people say you know it should be easy you're a footballer but what you go through to get there mm. it's not what it seems it's not just getting up and playing football with your mates every day it's mm. not that Definitely. I think where we work here, like we see all the people that are out of contract or haven't gone to a World Cup or are long-term injured. So we're really acutely aware of the, the almost the grief that comes with an injury and the feeling of loss and the loneliness and those things. But I think for the wider public and teammates to be more aware and to have more empathy towards those around them, um, it's really helpful. But also in society as well, like in every sport, in every walk of life. 100%. I'm sure there's lots of CEOs and, you know, you know, directors of companies that are incredibly lonely, incredibly pressured and stressed. Um, so it's all the same stuff, isn't it, really? Yeah. Which is why I love that you do this mentoring work with Raw Mentoring here in Reading when you're back yeah. um, with the young people. How have you found that? Like, what do you think of young people today and, and what they're going through? I think it's, it's harder for them. I think my age, my age group, it was tough. Because, but we had, obviously, the social media, but not as big then. Now it's, it's insane. Mm. It's, it's, it's too much, I think, the social media. Because, again... You get young young people that you just look on social media and they want to compete with each other and they they see someone doing that and they think it's it's the best thing ever or they post a picture and they don't get the likes and they think there's something wrong you know or you see these celebrities doing or whatever and they try to copy them but you know yeah it, it's too much I've I've got a niece she's she's thirteen 
and this is all like social media, TikToks, and and you just think like, what, what what's life like, you know? But that's the society, society we're in. Yeah. But I think it's it's tougher for like people trying to make it to football at this, even elite sports. Yeah. At this at this like age range because there's just so much out there. Mm. There's so much distractions. There's so much this. There's so much that, and you got to be willing to sacrifice. And mm. if you're not willing to sacrifice and be mentally strong then it's going to be hard for you. Mm. It's really inspiring how you, you were literally spotted in a game and then went with that opportunity and cracked on. Were you playing midfield in that game or were you playing right back? Or were you playing somewhere else? I played centre midfield. I was going to say, because it, it must be hard to like have a big impression as yeah, a defender sometimes. Yeah. No, I, I played centre midfield and I played left back okay. in that game. And in that game, I scored a goal as well, but I scored. But I think what he said he saw was personality. Yeah. You know, a bit of personality in the game. Mm. So that was... Um, that was good. It was crazy. But back to the mentoring thing, I'll skip past mm. that. Mm. It's it's good because I wish I had that at yeah. that age, you know? I wish I had that and I had someone to tell me the, the real nitty gritty of it. Because again, the kids will maybe see me pull up in a car mm. or see me on FIFA or, or, you know, that stuff like that. And they think, oh my God, like, but when I actually break it down and, and tell them some of the stuff it's like oh, like yeah, you know, I, oh, I did, I didn't know that comes with it. Yeah, it yes. does come with it. You know, it, it does come with it. It's tough. Mm. It is tough. But I like to be able to make an impact on on children. You know, mm. and doing it with Roddy, like it's mm. it's really good because he makes an impact on people. Yeah. He's helped me, and hopefully, I can help a lot of, a lot of people. Amazing. That's probably a good place to leave it. Um, thank you so much for sharing your stuff. Thank you, and um, appreciate it, Donna. Thank you. Take Cheers. Care.